Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Bartow Sports Zone. I'm Alan Sanders, filling in for Charles Wilson, who has a conflict today. And it is my pleasure to be here with you for the next couple of hours as we talk about all things sports. I want to remind you that Bartow Sports Zone brought to you by Styles Auto Care, Johnny's New York Style Pizza, Latitude Blue, All Star Roofing, Elite Stone Supply, Wilson Pools, St. Angelo's Pizza, Zach Pritchard Injury Law Firm, Schottenkirk Honda, Three Way Campers, Derek Strange, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor, All Weather Heating and Air, First Class Collision Center, uh, and Hydro Pro Wash. North Georgia's, Northwest Georgia's premier pressure washing and Frazier Canary Insurance. Well, we are going to get right to it. We've got uh, joining me, and I will say hello to him first. We have got Jackson Hyde joining in in Charles's stead as well. Good morning, Jackson. How are you doing? Good morning, sir. Doing well this morning. Excellent. Had a good, crisp, cool morning this morning. It, it definitely was. Uh, hopefully, uh, everybody uh, has gotten out and no problems this morning. We didn't get any reports of any trees down. We did get some winds yesterday, some thunder, but not too bad. A lot of rain. And that shouldn't hopefully put a damper on any soccer plans because now joining us, we are going to talk all things Kane soccer. We've got Coach D, G, me, DJ Parody on the phone. Coach Parody, how you doing? I'm doing well, and you? Doing great. Let's talk a little bit of soccer. It's uh, one of those sports, much like uh, baseball. The season starts where it's still cold. We've I've I've been out there where the where, with my girls when they were playing, where you might get snow flurries at the start of the season, and then you're just roasting by, by the end of it. How's it been going so far for the Canes? Uh, the season's going well. Um, we're a little bit young this year, so we're we're having a little bit of a learning curve. But the season's doing very well for us. I think I think we're coming together and we're starting to get healthy, which is going to be big for us before we go into region play. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, record right now, and I didn't get the Armurchi score uh, uploaded to uh, Max Prep, so I don't know how you guys did last night, but up until last night, you were 2-4-1, and one, but no region game, so that's kind of getting you, as many of our coaches do, warmed up and kind of ready for region play. How did you fare last night against Armurchi? Last night, unfortunately, we got rained out. It was a rain out. Okay, so you're still 2-4-1. and one. Will that game get rescheduled, or since it's a non-region, does that get kind of just left off the books? We're going to try to reschedule it for either um, – Later in March, probably. Gotcha. All right. Well, you know, one of the things we always love to do, and I know you said you've got a younger team, is to spotlight um, any of your returning uh, leadership, anybody that you kind of have put uh, on the shoulders of the rest, you know, the rest of the team to kind of give guidance as you make your way through the season. So did you have anybody that's kind of come back, uh, any seniors that are you're looking to as your leadership for the, for the team? Well, for seniors, um, we're, our scoring is going to come from Alex Rios. He is probably going to be one of our most dangerous players on the team this year. Uh, he has some great footwork, and uh, he is quick as lightning. Um, but it's really our junior class who is stepping up. We have several juniors back that are filling over starting roles or keeping their starting roles from last year. Um, Daniel Abeja, he's one of our starting mids, and he is our captain, along with Marvel Velasquez. He's also one of our starting mids. And uh, they have taken the leadership role. Their voice is starting to be heard more. And uh, they're becoming a very vocal component of our team. Um, They're also probably one of the two best players on our team as well. And then as far as some of the younger players, uh, I know some, and again, this happens, you get some JV players up from middle school that uh, have been working in the program and they may be freshmen now and they're asked to take take some roles on the field. Anybody that you want to spotlight that's new to the team? Uh, new to the team, we have Melvin Velasquez. Uh, this is Marvel's little brother. Uh, 
he has been lightning in a bottle. He has scored um, in at least two or three of the games already. Um, he plays in the center mid for us, but really he plays all over. So whenever we need someone in a position in an offensive setting, he, he's one of the people we go to. Jackson, I know uh, being a sports guy yourself, I want to make sure that you, are, being part of Bartow Sports Zone as well, let you uh, into the conversation here. Good morning, Coach. I'm not a, uh, I'm not, I'm not well versed in soccer, but I do have one question. Um, the developmental stage of a player uh, this day and time, where there's a ton of travel baseball, AAU basketball, and even football is getting into kind of a travel mode. Is that the same situation with soccer in, in, in their younger days? Is that how how they develop into better players? Yes. Yeah, so um, usually club soccer, and uh, there are so many levels of club soccer now from just our regular rec to uh, where they play in regional games in South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama every weekend. Um, it, it's just set up just like AAU um, along with, a different, with so many different levels. I, I, I thought that was probably the case. I just wasn't wasn't clear. Thanks. Well, coach, I know uh, obviously player development does start in middle school. I've I've, I've watched it from the from the lady uh, side of of things when my girls were there, and I know you were at the middle school to start before moving up to the to the high school. So, how do you like seeing the progression of the skills from middle into the high school, and where do you take it from there? Um. I do love that we have our middle school program. It gives them an outlet to get together and play. I think that's the biggest thing, just them getting a number of games in where they might not if they were elsewhere in the state of Georgia. Um, it does give us an advantage because some of those freshmen come in ready to roll. Um, and then we start including our middle school in some of our summer workouts, uh, just trying to get them used to the tempo of our game and the tactics of, that we use from season to season. We're on the line here with Coach DJ Parody, the boys coach for the Cartersville Purple Hurricanes. We're up against our first break here, so we'll take that break, and we'll be back with more discussion as we are going through our our uh, edition of a uh, Friday edition of Bartow Sports Zone. Stick around. If you're like most people, your home or business structure is your biggest investment and your roof is its first defense. When storms are just the natural wear and tear of time create issues for your roof or gutters, call on the licensed and insured pros at All Star Roofing. With free same-day inspections and estimates, contact All Star Roofing at 678-245-9658 or call 770-655-0911 or find us online at allstarroofs.com. First Class Collision Center knows when damage occurs to your car or truck, the repair work has to be perfect. Your insurance company may recommend a repair shop, but let First Class give you a no-obligation quote just to make sure your best interests are at the core of the repairs. Specializing in vehicle service, mechanical repairs, body work, and big trucks too, First Class uses all factory equipment for your specific make and model. First Class Collision Center of Cartersville, online at First Class Collision G. Hi, this is Ivy Jordan. My husband Trey and I invite you to visit us at Latitude Blue under the Church Street Bridge in Cartersville. We are a unique custom designed pool builder offering Pebble Tech and Imagine Pools. Latitude Blue has a service department that can service and maintain your swimming pool and spa. We also have a full-service retail store stocked with products to increase your outdoor fun. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Latitude Blue, bringing families together one backyard at a time. 
And welcome back to Bartow Sports Zone. Alan Sanders with you here. Charles Wilson is on vacation. Jackson High joining via the Zoom connection. And our guest in our first segment here is Coach DJ Parody from the Cartersville Purple Hurricanes boys soccer team. And Coach, when we left, we were talking a little bit about training and ran into the break. Uh, one of the things that obviously you talked about is the speed of the game from middle to high school. It does kick up as it does as in all sports. The further up you go, it becomes a faster game. Uh, what are you, what are you, what's sort of the training regimen for your team, and and how do you kind of get them up to speed so that way when region play starts, they are ready, especially some of the junior players for the speed of the game. Um, really, it's just repetition for us. Uh, we do a lot of this same drills every day um other big things we do is uh put them in a little bit of uh conditioning training so that way they're fit to go and they can do go for 80 minutes because we have four or five players that play 80 minutes of the game some players hit up to 70 and, and that's a lot on their body especially every uh two games a week generally um so it's basically conditioning and repetition that way they know what to do when the time comes and obviously, that's the physicality in terms of uh, strategy, learning how to play your, your forwards, your mids, your, your defense. Uh, what kind of a scheme do you run right now with your players? Um, traditionally, we run a 4-4-2, so four defenders in the back, four midfielders, and two up top. But this year, we've moved a little bit away from that. We're running four defenders, really a holding um, defensive mid, four attacking mids, and then one uh, forward up top. Um, it seemed to work to, for us in the last game, even though the score didn't show it. Um, this year, dealing with a little bit of injuries, we've had to move our formation around a good bit the last couple games. And now, uh, with any team, there's always that utility player that seems to figure out how to. They could be the midfielder when you need him. If you need somebody to get a, a, up front, if you need a sweeper to kind of attack, or you need somebody to jump on defense, how, how does your team, uh, or the, the the makeup of your players, do we have one of those that's sort of like your all around utility that you can plug in wherever they're, they're needed? We, we have about two or three of those. Um, I mentioned Melvin Velasquez earlier. He's kind of our utility player in midfield. He goes everywhere. We put him up top when need be. Um, we have another, have another kid, um, Jesus uh, Gutierrez. He'll play up top for us. He'll play in the back. Um, the last game, he actually saw some outside mid. So he's done a little bit of it all this year. And then uh, Marvel Velasquez, he has been in the midfield, the defense this year, uh, doing whatever we need to try to be successful. One of the positions that seems to sometimes go uh, thankless but in some ways is the most important player on the field is your goalie. Talk about your goalie and your goalie development. Uh, we have two goalies this year that have been rotating back and forth. Um, uh, Mark uh, or Collier Parker and then uh, Daniel Millian. Uh, they've both been working very hard. Uh, they're both solid starters for us when they're in the game. Um, and, and they've made some big saves for us this year. And it is, I mean, as far as when I was watching the game, still to this day, when I watch World Cup, when I watch any of the soccer at a more professional level, I mean, the goalie's helping to direct on the field, usually is the one that you, you task with shouting out and trying to make sure that they're keeping an eye because they've got the best vantage point. It's a lot to put on a, a person's plate, and then the stress of obviously guarding the goal. Yes. Um, I was a goalie growing up, so I sympathize with them. But they do have the hardest job on the field. They have to direct. They have to know where everyone is at all times. And then they have to make the save when the opportunity comes because sometimes they might sit there for 40 minutes and not touch the ball and then have to make, 
be there in the biggest moment. In terms of uh, before we get to the to, to region play, um, you know, to, speaking of the the goalies and goalie development, do you uh, specifically do anything either preseason or to to get that goalie ready, the reaction time ready for the goalie to be able to not only react to the balls that are coming at them, but then also to develop the leadership skills and the rest of the team to take direction on the field. Um, usually, the goalies they they get developed in their um, club programs. Um, and our club around here does a very good job of developing them. We have a very good goalie trainer at SSA who works with our keepers, and they've done a fabulous job getting them where they need to be. So that way when they get to the season, I don't have to be on as hands-on as much. All right. Uh, let's talk about region play. When will that actually start to kick off for you guys in terms of uh, you know those games that are going to really make it toward uh, your state championship, uh, hopefully, dreams? March 4th is our first region game. We're playing at CAST, so we're starting with a big rivalry game in our um, region. Um, and then we will, our second team will see Blessed Trinity on March 11th, who is the favorite right now in our region. Um, but I think we're going to match up very competitively with uh, all the teams in our region this year. Yeah, that's actually the question I was going to lead to is uh, any kind of advanced scouting. I know being part of uh, Region 75A, there's two other high schools that you won't have to worry about too far of a commute when it comes to playing within the region with Woodland and Cass. So what, what's sort of like the outlook of, of those opponents for you guys? Um, the outlet is going to be a very competitive game in both of them. I think it's going to be both very physical. Um, I always tell my kids when we get to those games that records are thrown out the windows um, just because you want that win over your county rival. Um, so we both scout each other. We've had players at each other's games. Coaches have been at each other's games. We've been watching film already. So we'll be well scouted. It's just the question of who's going to make a change that's going to be the difference. All right, and as we uh, we've got about two minutes left, coach. A lot of times, uh, the coach doesn't get necessarily the time to at- mention all the players. Um, I want to give you the opportunity if there are people you want to give a shout out to, or just mention the rest of the team that uh, because it is a team. It is really about all uh, the, a cohesive unit working together. Yeah, um, no, it is a. They are a true team this year. They're coming together. Uh, I've really seen my uh, center backs. Uh, Julio and Dawson, they've come together to, and they've started uh, talking more. Uh, these two are these two kids are very quiet when it comes to the field normally. Um, they've been the one taking the directions the last two years, but now they're the ones giving the directions and they're becoming a vocal component in our defense. Um, they're also probably the two best defenders we have on the team. Uh, and then we have an outside mid like Hector Galvez, uh, he's running the lines for us, opening up play for us, getting us down line. And then we have a junior, Caden Anderson, who he's quick as lightning. He has great first touch, and he can get up for any header. And um, we're hoping we can get him on the end of some crosses uh, in the goal box this year uh, to put a couple goals in for us like he did last year. All right. And uh, anything else you want to add about the program or maybe even inviting audience to come out and support when you're playing at home? Um, yes. Uh and I'm going to do a little bit of uh, advertising for our girls. Our girls play next Friday uh, against Rick at home, I believe, at 530. Um, but the first chance at home to see it, the boys will be March 7th. Uh, we have a little bit of an away schedule this year. Uh, but you could come out and watch us on March 4th at Cass at 730. 
folks. Soccer is so much fun to watch. It's one of those games where it may not be high scoring, but there's constant action, and these athletes are running themselves all up and down the field. Coach DJ Parody with the Cartersville Purple Hurricanes, thanks for being here on Bartow Sports Zone. Thank you so much. All right, we'll talk to you soon, and best of luck to your team as you continue the rest of non-region play. Looking forward to that cast game to start the region. Thank you. All righty. It's coming up to the bottom of the hour, 7.30, which means it's time for statewide headlines, courtesy of the Georgia News Network. We'll take a look at that, plus some local headlines, and then back with the coaches from Cass. Hey, neighbors, this is Sean again from St. Angelo's Pizza. We're cooking up some hot, delicious pizzas this month, and we'd like to bake one just for you and add a complimentary order of our legendary garlic knots for free. That's right. Bring the family and have a feast all month long. Just mention this ad and tell them Sean sent me. We'll do the cooking, and you can enjoy all the other great things about St. Angelo's, the arcades, bowling, tons of bar specials, and always great service. So see us tonight or pick up something to take home. We're located in Emerson on Alatoona Road next to Lake Point Sports. See you soon. You've known Styles Auto Care as your collision repair specialist in Cartersville and Bartow County since 1965. But did you know they're also your headquarters for all kinds of audio, security, and specialty accessories? With audio brands like Kenwood, JL Audio, Pioneer, Alpine, and more, they can make that upgrade you desire happen. Need a hitch, bedliner, toolbox, step bar, or roof rack? Styles Auto Care is your place. They have WeatherTech products too. Styles Auto Care on West Avenue, where they can do everything for your vehicle except sell it. And welcome back, everyone, to Bartos Sports Zone on your Bartos Morning News Friday. Charles Wilson is out today. I'm enjoying myself in studios, Alan Sanders. We've got Coach Jackson Hyde, who is a member of the Bartos Sports Zone team on the Zoom connection. Mike Garcia in studios. But our next two guests are going to get all of the spotlight right now. We've got both coaches from the Cass Colonels High School team. We've got Justin Fitzgerald and Tara Piccarilli. We'll say hi to both coaches simultaneously. Coaches, thanks for joining us here on Bartos Sports Zone. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having us. All right, we'll go first to Tara. Let's talk about the Lady Colonels. It's early in the season. Give us a spotlight. How are your girls forming up? How is the, how's the early games looking for you guys in terms of development? We've had some challenges in our early games, but um, we've also seen a lot of progress, and I'm excited. We're learning a lot. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time. Just I'm a new coach. They're getting used to me and just um, – getting used to all the new stuff that we're learning. So they've they've been really receptive, and I'm excited for what's to come. They're, they've been awesome. Let's talk a little bit, uh, sticking with the ladies here for a minute. Uh, being a new coach, I'm assuming you've got a background in soccer yourself? Yeah. I've been playing probably since I was five or six and then played throughout my life. Um, played D1 soccer in college, and this is my first coaching experience, so I'm really excited. Fantastic. Well, let's talk about some of the girls on your team. Being a new coach, you're still getting to know your players as much as they're getting to know yeah. you. Uh, what? Let's talk about some returning maybe senior leadership and some of the girls that you might be leaning on to try to mentor the the freshman and JV players that are called mm-hmm. upon to be on the field. Yeah, so we've got an awesome senior class. Um, we've got our captains are Morgan Thompson. We've got Hannah Comp, And then we have... Um, um, Sorry, Dayanara Salerzano, and they have been great leaders on our team for us. They're all really strong, and the girls look up to them a lot. So they've been awesome to have, and they've been helping me a lot too. So um, they've just been a fantastic group, and all our other seniors as well. They're they're all great leaders, and they're all pushing everybody to be better, and they're all really buying in. So it's been great. 
Let's go over to Coach Fitzgerald now on the boys' side. Similar question to you uh, in terms of leadership, uh, seniors that are returning, some of the players that you're leaning on to try to give some mentoring to the younger players that have moved up from middle school to maybe be on the squad. Yeah, we have a you know a couple of seniors that um, are doing a really good job. Juan per- Perito and, and Carlos Morales and Andrew Wynn and, and Ricky Lee. Um, uh all, all, all great seniors, you know, kind of uh, been in the program now a couple of years and, and, and doing a great job. We, we're a pretty young team. We graduated like nine starters from last year. So, um, you know, a bunch of young kids and they're doing a great job mentoring so far. All right, Coach, I'm going to stick with you on the boys' side. Uh, the middle school program ends as being a feeder into the high school, and that gives the kids at least a sense of the game. But the game does start getting a lot faster and a little more aggressive at the high school level. What are you doing, and what are you seeing in terms of young player development, and are there any spotlights already on maybe some freshmen or uh, sophomores who are starting to really get the game? Yeah, we have a couple of stars that are really our young kids. Um, you know, Camden Hillhouse is probably uh, is our leading scorer right now as a sophomore. And uh, Christian Viela, another sophomore. Um, and then we've, we've got a young kid, Caden Pineda, who's a freshman um, that's already making his mark. So we, you know, they've really become some of the stars. Excellent. And obviously getting into the game, let's talk a little bit about what you guys do for conditioning, maybe preseason. Do you guys have a lot of camps or workouts? And I know a lot of these kids play club, but what do you like as a coach to see the kids doing in terms of getting up to the speed of being able to go 80 minutes? Uh, well, I can I can speak for the boys. I'm not sure if Terry. So we do a little bit of conditioning in the fall. We have to kind of balance that with club. And then, um, you know, we had team camp back in December um, just to kind of get everybody together and, and start playing. We had um, somebody from the outside um, run that we, the last two years. We had Oglethorpe come up and, and do that. Um, and so that's kind of the kickoff to the season. It's obviously a little earlier this year, so it's kind of made some scheduling challenges uh, starting a little earlier. But, um, yeah, we, we kind of pick up from club and, and, and get right to it and try to bring, you know, they're all playing on different teams to, to, to trying to get a cohesive unit and trying to figure out what, what's going to work best for us each, each year. All right, and Tara, now I'm going to go to you with that same question in terms of, uh, you know, getting your girls up to speed, especially maybe some of the younger players. Yeah, so we, a lot of our younger girls are actually came in pretty fit. Um, so I was really happy with that. And there's some strong younger girls, but just getting the team together as a whole, we started in the fall as well. Um, and I was just doing conditioning a few days a week. And um, I'm just wanting them to do things on their own in the fall as well, because we obviously don't get a whole lot of time to, they need to be doing work off the, off practice um to get in shape just get ready but we have girls on club teams too and they're putting in the extra work they have trainers so um i think as a whole we're relatively fit and i think i kind of bumped up the fitness a little bit um in the fall from what they were normally used to so it was it was pretty good this fall all right and before we take our one break here i'll get the same question to you about spotlighting some of your younger girls that have come in from the middle school and any stars you're seeing or any 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 girls that just really are getting the game early yeah, so we actually, um, on our game on Wednesday, we had one of our freshmen had her hat trick, um, Haley Skilva. She had three goals, so it was she's going to be she's going to be a force, I think. So she's um, already developed pretty well. And then we have a freshman, Sam Bradford, as one of our keepers, and I think she's going to be she's going to be a really good keeper as she keeps developing as well. So I'm excited about those two. Uh-huh. And we have one, Euridia. She's been learning super, super quick, so she'll be a good little forward for us up top. 
Fantastic. We've got both coaches of the Cast Colonels on with us. We've got Coach Justin Fitzgerald and Coach Tara Piccarilli. We're talking about soccer as we are only about five or six games into the season. Haven't gotten to region play just yet. When we come back, Coach Jackson Hyde will also throw in there a couple of questions, being a Cass uh, alum and, uh, and somebody who probably has a, a love of the, all things Colonels. So we'll get to that and more when we come back from this short timeout. You already know at Johnny's Pizza we offer $1 cheese slices on Monday, and Tuesdays we host Team Trivia at 7.30. But I also wanted to take a moment to let you know about our extensive lunch menu that we offer Monday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. We offer nine different lunch options, each with a free drink. They're made fresh to order, and we'll make sure that we get you out of here in plenty of time to get back to your day. Stop by Johnny's Pizza for lunch, 244 North Dixie Avenue. And welcome back, everyone, to Bartow Sports Zone. Charles Wilson is out today. I'm filling in for him, Alan Sanders, along with Coach Jackson Hyde. We've got Mike Garcia in studios and our two guests. We're talking about Cass Colonels soccer. We've got Coach Justin Fitzgerald and Coach Tara Piccarilli. Coach uh, Piccarilli, we're going to go to you on the ladies' side. Being a, uh, new to the ladies, um, I don't know what the defensive scheme or the, the what kind of an attacking format you used to run with, but what do you like to bring to the girls in terms of your, your team layout? So we're doing a 4-3-3 this year. So four defenders, three mids, three attacking. Um, and so that's new for them. So kind of getting them to learn their roles and what their specific positions are supposed to do. Um, they've been going through that a lot, and that's been pretty good. And they're picking it up pretty quick. So I think on Wednesday we really saw it sort of come together, and they were successful with it. So we definitely have things to work on, but they – they got it a lot more Wednesday, and once it starts piecing together, I'm I'm really excited. I think they're going to do really well with it. On your uh, on your defensive side with a four back, mm-hmm. do you have a sort of a person you look to as your your back sweeper, somebody to try to get that ball and move around it while your other defenders are trying to make sure that they stay in a zone coverage? Or how do you how do you like your defense to work? So I like them kind of not super flat. Like I want one stepping up to it, and then the others covering. Um, and then, obviously, you know, if it gets through, we do have Hannah Comp. She's our senior, one of our captains. Um, she's just got speed, and she's athletic. So she's the one who's probably um, kind of more doing our sweeper. But we aren't playing specifically that. But she she's there to cover if, if we need her. So she's she's got speed. So. All right, last question for you until I get back and ask the same questions of the boys' coach. The goalie tends to be the one position that sometimes gets overlooked because they're not running around all over the field, but is Uh technically the most important player out there, not only for goaltending, but guiding the rest of the team and kind of having that bird's-eye view of what's going on. Yep. Yeah, so and that's what we're trying to get our keepers to find their voice a little bit more um, because they both are pretty quiet. But I think once we find that um, it's, they're both going to be really good. And um, especially our younger one, that's just pretty common for a young ninth grader just to be a little timid. Um, But I think once she finds her voice, she's, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Well, let's give them a shout out. Who are the two uh, ladies you're talking about? So we have Sam Bradford. She's our ninth grader. And then we have Esmeralda Diaz. She is our senior. And, and let me one last question on this, and then we'll get over to the boys' coach. How do you, as a coach, try to instill the confidence in a freshman that it's okay to shout out to seniors on the field because you're responsible for kind of watching what's happening? Yeah. 
just basically that, like letting her know she is the one that has the whole view of the field and she knows best because she can see and is in the best position to be seen. And that's just, that's her role, just knowing her role that she can do that and just be confident in her skills and how good she is. Uh, Coach Fitzgerald, before we get to you with some of the same questions, I know I, I needed to give Jackson a, a word in edgewise here, being a Cass Colonel fan. Coach? I've got one just quick question, and it's to both coaches. Uh, the, the changing of the playing surface. I know, Coach, you, you've been in the, in the coaching side of it 25 years. Terry, you've played for, for many years. Everything's transitioning from grass to the turf. Can you, is there Does that change how you coach, and, and which surface do you like better? I um, I think I was spoiled in college and high school because we had really, really nice Bermuda. Um, so I always loved p- playing on Bermuda more than turf. Um, but turf is fun because it just – the play is so much quicker. Um, so it's just being a little more conditioned and just ready to know that the ball is going to bounce and just watching, watching our touches a little bit more um, and not hitting such a heavy ball because it's going to roll and it's probably going to roll out if we're hitting a heavy ball. So – just being aware of that. Um, but the girls love playing on the turf, so I think it's great for them. Yeah, I'm kind of with Coach. I, I like the grass, but it ob- obviously is nice grass. And, and sometimes we play in less than nice grass, and that, that makes it tough. Um, but, um, you know, the, the turf, the, the one thing about it is it, it's consistent. And, and so, you know, it really helps you kind of develop some rhythm and, and, and find it because you, you, you kind of know what to expect. When you get on the grass, there's a, there's a lot of variables that happen there. Gotcha. Coach Fitzgerald, let's talk a little bit as we got about two minutes left. Uh, what kind of a scheme do you run for your boys right now? And is it something they've, they've grown accustomed to or is it new for them? So uh, we've, we've had four different schemes this year. Um, and normally we run about two. But um, since we have such a new group, we're just trying to find the one that fits. I think we've settled into a couple. Um, we've played the three five two. Um, and then uh, I think we're kind of settling into a four two three one um as our uh as our kind of our main one but we played 442 and, and 433 as well so i think our, our two are going to be the 352 and the 4231 so you've got a, a lot of folks that are good as both defensive and attacking mids yeah yeah we do we have a couple of good uh you know midfielders and then uh, you know our outside backs uh like to get forward so um that that's kind of where we've started to, to, to make some hay uh, in the attack. I like to score goals, and, and we're, we've just been trying to figure out how to do that. Um, and it seems that, that our outside backs are going are, are gonna to be key for us to, to, to be able to get, get that. To give a few more boys' names out there from your team, why don't you give a couple of shout-outs? We've got about 30 seconds to some of these players you're looking at to kind of develop and be your leaders in this coming season. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, everything kind of starts with Alex Hernandez. He's the center mid that you're talking about, that center attacking mid, and and he's really kind of the central uh, figure of of our group. He's a sophomore, but he uh, is a leader and and, uh, a captain, even as a sophomore, and so he's he's pretty critical to our success there. Um, You know, we have a new keeper. We had a four-year starter that we lost last year, and so we've got a new keeper um, this year, and so he's coming along nicely. It's nice. He's six foot six, so uh, that helps a little bit. But um, you know, he's he's young and, and kind of developing. Coach Fitz, uh, Coach Justin Fitzgerald, Coach Tara Piccarelli, joining us from Cast Colonel Soccer. Thank you so much. I'm sure we're going to have you back as the season heads into region play. That's going to do it for this hour of Bartow Sports Zones. We've got more coming your way next. 
Have you seen the complete line of quality UTVs and ATVs at Elite Stone Supply? That's right, Elite Stone Supply has the innovative and exciting High Sun line of off-road and all-terrain vehicles. High Sun UTVs and ATVs are unique and versatile. They'll surpass anything you've experienced in power sport vehicles before. Check out the complete line at Elite Stone Supply, Joe Frank Harris Parkway and Baker Road, just north of Cartersville across from Racetrack. Find us on Facebook and at EliteStoneSupply.net. Good morning and welcome back to Barstow Sports Zone. Alan Sanders filling in for Charles Wilson. We've got our final hour of Barstow's Morning News, a Barstow Sports Zone version of Friday. And want to say we are going to have some fun this hour. So much to cover. We're going to be joined in studio here with Mike Garcia. We've got Brad Stevens, Jackson Hyde, Matt Santini. I'm Alan Sanders. Let's get to it right off the bat. And I'm going to bring Brad in right up right away here. We're not going to waste any time because we've got a lot going on with high school basketball tournament action going on. And I understand there was just a, 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 a kind of an interesting game last night with the Tigers, Brad. Uh, yeah, if you want to call it that, Alan, I don't know. that This one may end up making ESPN. But those of you who didn't pay attention or don't know what he's talking about, last night, Darisville Tigers down three with just a, a couple of clicks to go. Uh, inbound the ball to T.J. Prennett behind the half court. He throws a shot up, is fouled in the process, hits the shot, and makes the free throw a four-point play to win the game and send the Tigers to the state tournament. Just an unbelievable play. Go to Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, whatever, find that play and watch it. It's amazing. Matt, I know you saw it. Yeah, not uh, pretty darn good camera work, too. It, it's another print-up. I don't know if it was his mom or what family member was able to uh, to capture that shot, of course, and then after it went in. you And, again, you gave it plenty of credit. It was falling towards the sideline that was closer to three-quarter court as he was fouled. And, of course, you may be going, why would you do that? I'm sure the opposing team's coach was like, hey, they're down three. If you go ahead and foul them, It'll be, you know, you take time off the clock and it'll be a one and one. Well, he was able to get the shot off from three-quarter court as he's fouled, falling out of bounds, and he hits the shot. The part that you lose about that, hey, that tied the game, and it's unbelievable as it is to have that much adrenaline pumping through your system and to be able to hit that free throw, that's pretty special too. Congratulations, young man. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. I felt bad for the Murray County defender. Uh, he's going to be remembering that play for a minute for the rest of his life, <laughs> for the rest of his life maybe. And kids, that's why you never listen to your coaches. I'm yeah, yeah, no, because <laughs> if he had just hit the shot, they would have been tied and gone to more likely overtime. Who knows what would have happened? But, you know, just a great play for the Tigers. It was Coach Alex Dispro's 200th win, uh, by the way, uh, and that sent the Tigers to another game. The AAA, uh, their region AAA tournament isn't quite done yet. They're not at the championship level just yet, but that does secure a berth in the state playoffs for the Tigers. I know they're really excited about that. Yeah, I believe they're playing um, at 4 o'clock today, that next round for the Tigers. But, I mean, TJ, you look at it, 36 points on his shoulders. You know, Brad, you know this in basketball. When you're just hitting everything, you just everything's going your way. I, I've seen it in my life a few times in person. Uh, it's happened to me a couple of times, strangely, uh, where you just everything you throw up goes in. Uh, and uh, TJ Prentice seems to have that happen to him a lot more. Uh, often than not, uh, he's a really great player. Uh, if he's not getting looks from colleges, he should be. Um, he's a, a really talented guy. 
And I know they're really excited up there about him. And it's just another local team in the playoffs, which we're all thrilled about, I'm sure. Matt, let's go to you because we have been covering some of the other tournament action uh, with Cass and Woodland and Cartersville. And we are down to uh, Cartersville playing, I guess, in a uh, third, uh, playing for third place in the, in the tournament. But we've got the Cass Colonels, the Lady Colonels, also playing. We're going to be covering that game tonight. Yeah, uh, Cartersville playing the consolation game. Uh, we'll give you the results of that game. They'll be playing Blessed Trinity. We'll be bringing you the uh, Cast Lady Colonels playing for a uh, region championship. A little bit of a surprise, Brad. Calhoun gets knocked off at home in the semis. That's That has to help, too, because now you don't have to face that Calhoun crowd. Yeah, it's a tough place to play. If anybody's ever been up there at that gym, it's a, it's a tough environment. So I'm real surprised that they got beat and put out of this thing. But you think about the Cast girls, it's a chance for redemption from last year. Because uh, at the Storm Center, they played Hiram for the region championship and lost to them, uh, first loss of the season, and it put them in that number two spot uh, in the state tournament, and it made a difference. Uh, you know, these seedings make a huge difference. Only the second uh, home game that the Cass, excuse me, that the Calhoun Yellow Jackets uh, lost, and the other game was against the Cass Colonels, uh, an overtime yep. game during the regular season. So, again, a floor that uh, these Lady Colonels seem to be fairly comfortable on. And, you know, I did think it was interesting, all four of those teams, you know, cast the four seed in the tournament. But, you know, you had four teams at seven and three, and because of coin tosses, you end up being in the, you know, in the four slot. I will tell you, I talked to Coach Jackson before the Cartersville game on Monday that I had the privilege of broadcasting. He said, you know, I kind of like the fact, A, that we got to play Monday night because it gets us on the court, gets us familiar with the surroundings, and gets, instead of having that bye, it kind of gets you into the flow of the game a little bit, you know, the tournament. Second, he he did not mind playing Blessed Trinity in that second round because you're playing for a home playoff game, and you didn't have to face that boisterous Calhoun crowd. So it really did, uh, it was an area that he was comfortable in, and we'll just hope that they seal the deal tonight. Kevin Pate. And Cody Pace will have the call tonight, and hopefully the Lady Colonels will bring home a region championship. Either way, WBHF will be broadcasting their first-round game, which will be at home. I don't care what color you wear. Um, this team is a pretty special team, and when our community has a local team that does something good, everybody should rally around it and, and show up big at Cass. Uh, actually, I was going to say, as we head to the break, that was my final thing I wanted to get to, is we we are going to be starting to cover uh, playoffs, and uh, the, we're going to be tracking the Lady Colonels. Yeah, this team is very special. Of course, I follow them pretty heavily, um, and you know they've, they, they did a great job last year, got it into the second round before they were eliminated by and this year they're looking to build on that. Uh, they lost some people from the team last year, but they uh, had a lot of success, and they look to continue that at home uh, in the state playoffs. Well, we are going to take a break right here. We'll come back. We'll do a hot and cold segment. We'll get more conversation going. There's a lot going on. We still have to recap last week's Super Bowl. We've got Winter Olympics going on, NBA. It's just we are just chock full of sports talk, so don't go anywhere. This is Bartow Sports Zone. Wilson Pools has been your swimming pool expert for 55 years. Same name, three generations of the same family. This is Lee. Come by and see us at 109 South Dixie Avenue in Cartersville, the blue beach house with the bright yellow door. Or call us at 770-386-3324 for all your swimming pool needs. Free water testing, weekly service, construction repair. We make swimming easy. It's WilsonPools.com, Wilson Pools on Facebook.
Welcome back to Parto Sports Zone. Alan Sanders here in for Charles Wilson. We have got Mike Garcia, Jackson Hyde, Matt Santini, Brad Stevens all here. We're going to be up till the top of the hour and then uh, stick around after the 9 o'clock Fox News update. We'll bring you a rebroadcast of last night's Cartersville City Council game. Well, we've got a hot and cold segment here, and we want to get to that. Just remember that uh, whether it's hot or cold, you don't have to be. Whether it's uh, outside temperatures that are climbing or dropping, and as we've seen the seesaw in the last few months, get in touch with All Weather Heating and Air to evaluate your heating and cooling needs and get your HVA system updated or repaired. You can call 770-315-5909 or visit All Weather the, the All Weather office at 333 North Tennessee Street or visit them online allweatherheatingandair.com. And I think we're going to do a hot segment. Brad Stevens, I know you've been chomping at the bit. Super Bowl was in the rearview mirror. Matthew Stafford, a former UGA quarterback, you might have something to say about that. Yeah, it's been a, a quite a fun year to be a Georgia sports fan. You know, the Braves started it off, and the Dogs finally did it after 41 years. And then now a, a NFL team led by Matt Stafford, one of our cherished quarterbacks that we had. We probably should have won it all with him. Uh, finally got his ring after getting out of Detroit. Sorry, Alan. Um, <laughs> you also got <laughs> you also got to give a nod to Sony Michelle, uh, Leonard Floyd, uh, both former uh, players, as, as well as Thomas Brown who was a running back on the team in the mid-2000s, who's a coach for the Rams, and also Nick Jones, who was a center uh, on the team also in the early 2000s. He was a teammate of Josh Brock. And then um, also their head coach, Sean McVay. He didn't go to Georgia, but he uh, went to Marist High School and actually won a state title in 2003 uh, with the War Eagles. So lots of Georgia ties in this Super Bowl. After the uh, During the break, we were talking about Calvin Johnson. Y'all were talking about Calvin Johnson when I jumped on. Actually... Uh, Sean McVay won the Georgia High School Football Player of the Year uh, his senior year over Calvin Johnson. How about that? Yeah, that's I, I, that was – I watched that Marist team, and it was, you know, the typical Marist team that, uh, you know, they, they, they uh, disciplined football, you know, great defense. And Sean McVay was the quarterback, and he, he ran that offense very efficiently. He was a really good player. Um, and I had no idea whatever happened to him. And one day he just pops up as the L.A. Rams head coach. And he looks like an infant out there still. He looks young, uh, but uh, he's, he's not much older than Matt Stafford is. And so, uh, you know, they I think it's a little bit of a different vibe with them. They do respect him, even though he's, he's a lot younger than most coaches. But he seems to know what he's doing. That's his second Super Bowl uh, in four years. And, uh, you know, just an amazing performance by them. And I think the city of L.A. Uh, definitely needed something good to happen. And they got it. Jackson, I know you haven't said anything in a, in a little bit. Uh, we're, we're on a hot-cold segment when it comes to Georgia, or at least yeah. uh, a, a reflection of Georgia in sports, yeah. not just the, the school but the state. What do you think? But the as far as the – got to be super proud for all the Georgia uh, players and coaches involved in that team. And, and like Brad said, going back all the way to, to the Braves championship, of course, the Georgia national championship, It's uh, it's been a great few months for, for Georgia sports. Uh, it's going to cool off now uh, with the with Georgia college basketball teams are, are, are pretty bad. I hate to segue into the cold segment, but uh, Georgia college basketball is definitely cold. We, we talked about this in the break. We're revisiting a, a cold topic that Charles did a while back about how bad or just how bad college basketball is in the state of Georgia. And, folks, it's uh, not gotten much better since the last time we talked about it. Uh, the University of Georgia is dead last in the SEC. Georgia Tech is dead last in the 
The only team, the only major college team in the state that's over 500 is Georgia State. Uh, Georgia Southern and Kennesaw State not having great years. They're under 500, uh, not really competitive right now. Just a tough uh, environment out here if you're a college basketball fan in this state. And I just, it begs the question, what is wrong with everybody out here, Matt? Well, I'm going to tell you what's wrong, and I'm going to have something that's cold, and this is going to be a cold, hard fact for y'all, uh, that are basking in the success of Matthew Stafford and claiming it as a win for the George Bulldogs. Trey Hill, who was the backup center for the Cincinnati Bengals, also a George Bulldog. So you also lost a Super Bowl Sunday. The other thing is, is everybody likes to hate the Patriots. I get this from Kevin Carroll. Richard Seymour, I guess all those years, y'all didn't want to claim a Georgia championship when Richard Seymour was playing for the Patriots because nobody likes the Patriots. I'm happy for Matthew Stafford. I'm happy for anybody that wins a Super Bowl. But let's pump the brakes a little bit on taking credit as a Georgia fan for a Super Bowl or having any kind of affiliation to it. Well, I'm, I, I'm going to speak for myself here. I always pull for whoever has the most Georgia players. That's always been my stance. That's why I'm not a Falcons fan and never have been. Uh, in fact, when we the Falcons lost to the Patriots, I was thrilled that Malcolm Mitchell and David Andrews got rings. That was a bigger deal to me than the Falcons. So, uh yeah, yeah, I can speak for myself. I ride any coattails. I just pull for whoever has the most guys. That's why we call you Homer Brad Stevens, and that's it's a well-earned, <laughs> and it's, hey, it is definitely on brand. The other thing that's cold, hey, we're talking about basketball, but a lot of these high schools have started baseball season. I love baseball as much as the next guy. We won't get into the whole MLB thing right now. If you're out there playing baseball in this kind of weather, uh, you're going to be cold. And uh, if you're going out to watch a game, you better bundle up and – if you're at the plate, you better hope you don't catch a fastball off the inside portion of the plate because you were going to have a fistful of bees if you don't barrel it up. And you're speaking of baseball, Matt. That's another cold topic that I had written down here. We may be relying on high school and college baseball to get our diamond fixed in because it doesn't look like Major League Baseball is getting in there with these negotiations. And I know Mike probably has something to say about that. Well, uh, basically, the unofficial deadline is 10 days. If if they can't get a deal done in the next ten days, then they're probably going to have to start looking at at uh, delaying the the start of the season. And with how many games there are in in baseball, no way you're going to play a full 162 if you delay this the start. So I don't know. I mean, I I still think uh, at, at the end of the day, the, the owners are the ones that are locking the players out. If the owners feel that they're going to lose uh, money by shortening the season, they'll come to an agreement real quick. So, Mike, do you do you lay the blame on for this on the owners entirely? Because a lot of people are blaming Rob Manfred for all of this. Well, I mean, the the commissioner of any sport is going to be the scapegoat for anything that goes wrong, whether it's it's Manfred or Goodell, whatever. That's only human nature. People blame the the principals, the the uh, the administration. So, uh, you know, it, it's it takes two to tangle, Brad, and. and uh, I, I think it really both sides are equally at full. I would say it's 60-40 uh, and, and, and fault of the owners, though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel bad because it's you know coming off such an energetic postseason uh, for for everybody around here to, to only have it all locked out now. Uh, but, uh, you know, you got I said high school baseball and college baseball about to start off, and uh, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm, you know, I hope ESPN or some of these other networks may pick up some college baseball games if this doesn't work out because – Quite frankly, my undergrad, I had a great time going to Foley Field and watching the Diamond Dogs play. They college baseball is a lot of fun. They still use aluminum bats, so as, as <laughs> long as homers, and it's a it's a lot of fun. As long as ESPN does their homework and not get a mysterious fake baseball school, then I'm all for that. Yeah. <laughs>
I, I doubt that that's ever going to happen again uh, in our lifetime. They're going to do some serious research before they just pull somebody in there on national television and they don't know anything about. Uh, that's one of the funniest moments in my life. Well, we are up against a break. We're going to get you caught up on some statewide headlines from the Georgia News Network. We'll have some local headlines, and we've got more of Bartow Sports Zone coming your way. So stick around. More sports talk coming up with Mike Garcia, Matt Santini, Brad Stevens, Jackson Hyde, and I'm filling in for Charles Wilson. It's 830. Here's GNN. To win in sports, you need to adjust your strategy as the game changes. The same is true of investments. Derek Strange, your Cartersville Edward Jones financial advisor, can help you create a game plan for your financial goal. He'll help you look at the big picture and help you plan for your future. Call Derek at 770-386-4545 or visit edwardjones.com to get started today. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Continue the conversation. Brad, I'm going to kick it to you. We did sort of have a, already a Super Bowl talk. I don't know if there was anything you wanted to add in a recap, and then maybe let's go into the NBA. Well, here's I wanted to do one more thing before we did that, uh, Alan. We got to put a bow on the wrestling season for Bartow County, which was incredibly successful uh, this year. Congratulations to Cass High. Uh, a clean sweep in wrestling season. Won the duels, and then last Friday uh, won the traditional bout over Woodland. Uh, so kind of a rematch from last year. Uh, they ended up beating them 171 to 160.5. So a very, very close match between those two. Uh, had some individual champions come out of that uh, uh, with the Colonels, with Cole Hunt and Jake Kraps winning stake for uh, the Colonels. Woodland had a couple of state champions in Cole Cochran and Caleb Henson, uh, which for those guys, that was their second and third in a row, respectively, uh, state champions. Those guys don't lose. Uh, they were just an amazing job by them. Uh, Cartersville uh, finished eighth uh, in the uh, 5A tournament. You had Shadre Hurst winning the state crown at the heavyweight division, so congratulations to him. And then the Adairsville Tigers uh, placed sixth in AAA, and Isaac Lindley ended up taking home a state title at the 132-pound division. So uh, great wrestling season for Bartow County, guys. Uh, just uh, you, you talk about basketball, football, baseball, the big sports, but you know wrestling's taking hold in this county big time, Matt. Absolutely. You know, we talk about a lot of other sports and I'll say it. I, I never I didn't have the guts to wrestle when I was in high school. I mean, you put yourself in a gym mano a mano with somebody your size. Uh, that's that takes an, the, the, the preparation, the mental determination. Anybody that really plays the individual sports versus the team sports gets it. But to me, as far as athleticism, dedication and just having whatever that is on the inside of you to make it tick. Uh, that's those are wrestlers. It's they're phenomenal, and it's I tell you, this entire county uh, is is known for it, and it's it's great to see all four schools doing well. I'd love to see that in every single sport. If if I can describe it to people out there who've never seen it, it's three. If it goes the the full distance, it's three two minute rounds of wrestling, and there's really no break between rounds other than a couple of seconds to get readjusted. So imagine sprinting for two straight minutes. <laughs> Three times in a row. Uh, that's that's really tough to do, and especially when somebody's beating on you at the same time. Uh, watching these guys work is, is something amazing, and uh, a real hats off to the coaches and everybody involved here. Uh, I, I'm real proud of their success, and I know everybody else is too. Um, also, want to you know talk about a little bit more about the uh, local region basketball. Uh, you'll put a bow on the season for uh, the Woodland boys and girls, the Daresville girls, Carville girls, and Cass boys, and Excel. Uh, their seasons all ended. Uh, this past week, so uh, we, you know, congratulations to them for you know getting the season done, you know, doing their best, and then uh, you know we, we made a point to say that the Cast Girls 
will take on Hiram uh, this evening for the region championship. The, the, the Carsville boys will be in the third place game uh, against Blessed Trinity up in Calhoun. Uh, that's going to be a tough one, Matt. Uh, Blessed Trinity's pretty talented. It is, and like I said, we'll bring you that uh, game, as you mentioned, 7 o'clock, Cass, uh, Lady Colonels. Our coverage tonight is presented as it's been all season long and going into baseball season presented by Josh Brock, financial advisor at Raymond James. Yeah, and then, of course, we mentioned earlier, too, the Darzel boys, big shot by T.J. Prennett, uh catapulting them to a, a state berth, which the AAA tournament there is not quite to the championship level yet, but uh, the Darzel is, is confirmed to be in the state tournament. We just don't know where it's going to be yet. Yeah, and as Alan mentioned earlier, they play tonight. What will be interesting, and I hate using that term, but what a Daresville team comes out tonight. What do you have in the tank? Are you still burning off that adrenaline, or are you absolutely drained after a finish like that? Well, you have a, you're taking on an LFO team that's lost two games all year long, uh, and, the, and they're the number two seed in the region. Uh, Lafayette is number one. They haven't lost a game all year. So it doesn't get any easier for the Tigers, but I guarantee you they will take the playoff berth no matter what. Yeah, house money. Just go after it. You know, is nothing yeah. to nothing to lose at this point. Yeah, just a real, you know, just a great performance by them. We're excited to have so many different local teams in this thing. And speaking of local teams, we did mention earlier. Uh, you know, high school baseball is getting underway uh, shortly. A couple of people have already started off. Woodland ended up winning a shootout with Carrollton the other day, and Cass uh, took the loss to Kale. I know Carsville season, I believe, starts tonight. Uh, Alan and Matt, I, I think you guys can confirm that. Uh, we don't have Nick Sullivan. You here think today. wrong? I have no idea. I think they played yesterday. I'll <laughs> okay, <look it> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing my best here. Uh, so, yeah, but we, uh, you know, we're real proud of all the local teams out here. Everybody does such a fine job, and we love interviewing the coaches and, and learning about what goes on. Uh, so, you know, hats off to everybody. But I know we've been talking about the Super Bowl a good bit this morning, guys. And you know, my first question to you before we go to, I know we got a break coming up. Did the game play out? Alan, how you thought it would? Uh, I actually thought it was going to be a wider uh, score. I I just assumed that you know the the Rams. I felt the Rams were going to win. I I wanted them to simply for again Homer status. No other reason than that. No other logic. But um, uh, to be as tight as it was, uh, I guess you know a, a good game overall. I thought so too. I was you know I was concerned for the Bengals in part because it was a, basically a home game for LA in their stadium, but. It looked like the fan bases were 50-50, so they kept it even out there. And, you know, the Bengals you know, gave them all they wanted and then some. So, uh, you know, it was uh, – I thought it played out as like I thought it would. Uh, I thought it would be cl- a close ball game, and it was. And I think it's one of the more fun Super Bowls that I've seen. I'm just wondering, did the Bengals have a manic Monday? Uh, I believe they definitely had a manic Monday. I, I, I felt bad for Joe Burrow in the end, the winner. Uh, he plays hard, and I hated to see him lose like that, but I'm happy for the Rams. So right. the rare, the right. rare, we're both right, Brad. Uh, the baseball game, Cartersville was supposed to open up their season last night against Lassiter. Uh, it was postponed because of the rain, so they're actually opening up today. So we were both right. Today's opening day. All right, we're going to take our break right here. We got one more segment coming up on Bartow Sports Zone. Stick around. And welcome back to Bartow Sports Zone. Alan Sanders filling in for Charles Wilson, who is out. Should be back next week. We've been having some fun here with Matt Santini, Brad Stevens, Coach Jackson High. We've got Mike Garcia. And I'm going to kick it back over to Brad Stevens because we only have about six minutes left. Okay. Well, we're going to get right to it then, Alan. There's a, a big question that I had. And I talked to Jackson and Matt 
about it in the uh, break, and uh, we're going to bring it back up. So Cooper Cup ends up winning the MVP of this game, and you know, hats off to him. He had a great game, eight receptions for 92 yards and two touchdowns. But in, in the end of the game, though, do you think that that's the right call that he wins the MVP? Uh, what about Matt Stafford and Aaron Donald? Those two guys may have deserved a nod, Jackson. Yeah, the it's funny. I read an article. They encourage all the voters for the MVP to turn their votes in by the two minute warning. And I'm, I'm, I would be curious to know is if the votes weren't turned into the end after those last two plays, where it's third and one and fourth and one, and Aaron Donald makes both plays to seal the game for the for the Rams. Does he not win the MVP? I, I think it's it'd be interesting to see. And Stafford had a great a great game, no question. I mean, somebody had to get the ball to Cup, and one of those throws there in the back of the end zone was uh, not many, I don't think, could have made that throw in that situation. So interesting to see if they'd have waited and voted at the end. I think Aaron Donald may have gotten it. Aaron Donald would have been my choice. I don't, I don't feel strongly enough to have a real hot opinion on it. The, I guess if I was making the case for Cooper Cup, you got to remember OBJ goes out, you know, Look who he was having to throw to, who Matthew Stafford was having to throw to. Everybody in the in the stadium knew that it was going to Cooper Cup, but just like the rest of the year, it didn't matter. The ball was going to find him. And, again, it takes two to tango with that, but, uh, you know, to, to find yourself in a position uh, when you're getting, well, I don't know, subtract Eli Apple, when everybody knew that the ball was coming to him, <laughs> that, uh, that he was still able to, to make those plays late in the game. So, like I said, it's... Uh, it advanced voting uh is is good in some instances but when you're voting for mvp i think you need to see the whole body of work matt you're talking about throwing the ball that segues me into my next topic on this the run game for both teams a complete non-factor jackson uh joe mixon led all rushers i believe he had 78 yards and the Bengals had 79 total yards rushing and i don't think the rams even crossed the 40 yard mark rushing in this game yeah, it was uh, interesting. You know, usually if one team can establish a running game, it kind of gives them an advantage. And I think both teams kind of conceded that they were not going to be able to run the ball. And that uh, surprised me a little bit. You had basically second down, third down, and fourth down and one. Um, knowing you ran the ball right at Aaron Donald on the on the last play of the game was, was kind of confusing to me a little bit. But uh, – yeah, interesting that neither team could run the ball. And I think that was a factor for, obviously, a bigger factor for the Bengals there in the first quarter. They had a, a fourth and one, attempted to, you know, couldn't, uh, didn't feel like they could run the ball. So they threw, threw the pass there on fourth and one. So it was a very interesting game when it comes to that. Absolutely. And, and what do you think was the bigger play in the game? And this, both of these plays went against the Rams and they were able to overcome it. Uh, there was a, a, a non-pass interference call on the Bengals right after halftime where T. Higgins ripped the face mask of Jalen Ramsey down and called a 55-yard touchdown bomb, or when OBJ went out with a knee injury and never came back, Mike. <laughs> uh, that, that's an interesting uh, question. I, I guess off the uh, uh, the uh, the injury had the more uh, laster longing effect. But, you know, to go back to what you guys said, I think the MVP should have gone to Joe Montana for for showing the Rams how to how to win in the last drive against the Bengals in a Super Bowl. <laughs> I uh, I remember seeing that uh, happen. You know, they that was a the four. Of, was that was that his first ring, Mike? That, uh, that no, drive? no. In fact, that was the second time he beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Yeah, because I, well, I remember a, a Joe Montana Super Bowl 
uh, against the Broncos one year. My parents had a huge party planned, all these people coming over, and the final score of the game was 55-10. to 10. So uh, Joe Montana has had a lot of success in the Super Bowl, no doubt about it. Um, speaking of Joes, uh, do you think we're going to see Joe Burrow in this game again? Yes. Yeah, I do too. I, I, as long as he doesn't get injured again like he did and uh, he keeps a good supporting cast around him, I feel like that he'll, he'll return again maybe in the near future. Uh, as you know, as long as that that core that nucleus stays together, and uh, maybe get Joe Mixon a little bit more involved in the running game, they may have more more success. You want that nucleus of the offensive line to stay together? Is that what you were saying? <laughs> I don't know about that one. Uh, yeah, they couldn't get couldn't get a lot done there. And, uh, you know, he about got, got got Joe killed a few times, but <laughs> but uh, you know they got a lot of talent out there, and they built it up from nothing because they were terrible two years ago. I'll say it: Joe Burrow's not going back to another Super Bowl. Really. Yeah, history would tell you he's not. You know, if, if you lose your first Super Bowl as a quarterback, you, you, they've never been back. I read that the other day in an article. Um, so it's uh, be curious to see. I hope he does. I think he's a great player. He deserves another shot at it. And does Aaron Donald retire? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think yeah, I think he's got some some gas left in the tank. Uh, I think the, the Rams might be a team that could repeat. Uh, be interesting to watch and see how that plays out. It depends if Amazon and Fox are going to offer him $15 million a year to call football like they are going to do for Sean McVay. McVay's got a few more years to go, and I know we're coming up on the uh, hard out here, uh, but I'll say this. I think that was the best halftime show we've had since Prince did it in the rain about 12 years ago. J-Lo and Shakira would like a word. Yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed that one too, but that one was a was a hearkening back to my childhood. And then I realized something, Matt. Th that music for kids now was like '60s music for me when I was their age. So then I felt really, really old. Don't get me wrong; I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was well done. I watch it for what it is, but the need to rank and to do all these other things, you know, the, I think the hyperbole of best halftime show ever is a little bit over the top. One thing I think we could all agree on: it was much better than than last year's Super Bowl performance. It, it was. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a great memory lane for me. All right. That's going to wrap us up, everybody. Matt, Brad, Jackson, Mike, thank you all for being here. Charles, thanks for the nod to let me uh, have the microphone to help direct. Brad, thanks for all your show prep as well. We'll be back next Friday with another brand new edition of Bartow Sports Zone. If you missed out on pieces, don't forget, Charles will get it up on the podcast later today.